does that mean? You know, we talk about that a lot. Walk in victory. Let's walk in victory. Let's walk in victory. Do you know that the enemy right now is trying to convince us that the battle is hopeless? Turn on the news. It's hopeless. That's what the enemy is trying to convince you. There's such a mental warfare, and I've talked about this a lot, but I'm talking about walking in victory. Do you know um, what the enemy is trying to do is to try to get you to give up, to quit, to quit on Christ, to give up whatever you have, all the blessings, everything that God has told us we can have. He's trying to get you to give those up. When I was in the military, and, and if you watch any documentaries on Vietnam, Korea, or anything, they use mental warfare. They would drop leaflets. They would have radio stations saying, Hey, Yankee, your wife is at home having an affair with the guys that are at home. Well, you're out here fighting. Go on home and be with them. All of that was to get you distracted from what your mission was. It would have been very easy to get distracted because we got other things to do. You know, we can get so easily distracted. It's trying to, the, the enemy is trying to get you to quit or make irrational decisions. See, another thing that the enemy is trying to do is make you feel I'm worthless, I'm no good. Um, he wants you to always dwell on the bad and the negative. So the keys, there's some keys to walking in victory. Now, these aren't the end-all of end-alls, but one of them, the, there's four that I'm going to talk about over the next two weeks. The first one, and we talked about this a lot, take every thought captive. The second one is cast all your cares upon him. The third one has three parts, purpose, press on, and persevere. And the fourth one, obviously, is prayer. But I want to talk about that first one, about taking every thought captive. Because this is where we have a real warfare today, is in our thoughts. And I'm going to tell you, I, there is so many, these examples are so, so easy. And I have to fight it as well. I walk by somebody, well, I'll put it this way, as a pastor. Somebody doesn't show up for a couple services. Immediately, immediately my mind goes, well, I did something to offend them. They're mad, or they're this, or they're that, and they're this, or this, or this. None of it could be true. But that's exactly the, the, and guess what I've got to fight? I've got to fight that. Because here's what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 10.4. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty. These are mighty weapons. We make God too small and all the problems too big. Do we have problems? Yes. Are they big to us? Yes. They're peanuts to God. We need to get his perspective. You know, and again, what we, the enemy works so hard. And I appreciate what you said about that whole division thing. If you think the enemy's not trying to divide the body of Christ, I don't know what rock you've been living under. Look out what's happening in the world. There is a mile-wide divide going on right now. Turn the news on. Any station, get two different news stations. They're saying two different things from two different perspectives. I don't bother with the news anymore. I try to read this news because it's good. I don't care what. Fox News isn't always good news. They may, you may support what they say, but none of it's good. This is good. Good news. Jesus loves me. Woo! He has redeemed me. Woohoo! I'm going to heaven. Yee-hee! Because I confess that Jesus Christ came in the flesh. I'm good. And so, listen, get a perspective here. The enemy works so hard to get us distracted. I had a whole other message today, and I'll kind of tie it in. And the title of that message is, Don't Text and Drive. 
be able to bring that next week. We get so distracted with things other than Christ. And, and it's a waste of time. For the weapons of a warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God. For what? Pulling down strongholds. What are strongholds? Prisons. Or anything that is opposing the Lord. Even your thoughts. I'm telling you, this is where the enemy is working so hard. If there is a ground zero in the kingdom, this is it. Because I'm telling you, here's what happens. The enemy starts working on your head. And we've got to cast down these arguments. And every high thing, it says, it exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Those, that word argument means imaginations. Do you know how we can imagine things? Do you know how we fabricate things? Have you ever gotten off the phone with somebody? You had a conversation. You were fine. Then you start thinking about the conversation. You know, when they said this, I will bet you they really meant that. And all of a sudden, you've got a whole, a whole thing that isn't even close to what was really said. And you've got this imagine built up in your mind. Or you perceive something a certain way. You built up this, this imagination of how things really are. And it is just mental warfare. And what the enemy is trying to do, he's trying to use that mental warfare so that I see you differently than what you really are. It's how he works. And let me tell you what, folks. I'm going to say this, and this works for me too. You would be far better suited to shut this, open these, and pray. Because here's what happens. If you get a perception from someone else, it takes one word, one word, and it skews the way you see that person from then on. And guess what you got to do? You've got to cast down that imagination. Somebody who's having a bad day or they're they just don't like you or they don't like this or they're offended. Do you know how many things are started out of offense because somebody is offended and they run their yap? And one thing I'll tell you what, People that are critical, they will find other critical people. They'll gather and they'll have them a, ser a service. I know spirits congregate. I know when we're having a meeting in the back that I'm not a part of. <laughs> See, these imaginations, these emotions, again, that is why gossip and slander is so deadly. Let me tell you something. Can I see you through the eyes of love even if you make mistakes? You betcha. I, I am not perfect at it, but I am working so hard at that. Because listen, I, I'm still a human being. And I can get my little feelings hurt too. And I can get offended too. And I try really hard not to do that. I have come a long way in that area. You see... A lot of times we get these imagination, these strongholds in our mind, and the enemy brings these thoughts and these pressures, and, and, and all of a sudden we get this thing and it comes out of our mouth. It comes from here, it gets in our heart, and it comes out of our mouth, and then pretty soon we're starting to act upon those things. Contrary to what God wants. You said it. They're going to know us. This is it. Not by your flowery speech. They're going to know you by your love. And loving who? One another first. See, we need to think about this. See, we need to take these thoughts captive. We need to, the, the word prison, the captivity is prisoner. Lead, these thoughts need to be led away. And I want to I read this to you in Philippians 4.8. 
You know, we talk about these things, but do we really do them? Do we try to exercise them? Do we try? I'm no different. Listen, I'm preaching to myself. Listen, I had to prepare this thing. <sighs> so the whole time I'm praying, forgive me, Lord. Forgive me, Lord. Yep, okay, God. Got it, God. Got it, God. Now can I tell them? Nope, not yet. All right, I haven't got it yet. Okay, I'm getting it. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true... Whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Can you find anything worthy in someone? But you know, that's not the way the enemy works and our flesh works at all. Why is it? Have you ever noticed whenever there's an accident... I mean, you got the rubbernecking people. I mean, they can't wait to get to something this bad. They don't. Very rarely do you ever hear anybody getting excited about something this good. Carol, that was the greatest cup of coffee I've ever had in my life. She very rarely hears that, but she can hear. She gets to hear every single thing that's wrong with her coffee, or whatever work you're doing, or whatever. Can we, as Christians, can I look at someone in? Know they have faults, and know they've got even maybe sin. And I'm not saying ignore sin, that's not what I'm saying. But can I find something in them that Christ would find worthy? Yeah, because they were worthy for Him to die for. And so can we do that? Can we meditate on those things? Because what happens, what we meditate on has a huge effect on our thoughts and our actions. I'll give you an example. When I was growing up, I wasn't always the most obedient child. And I'll never forget, there was one day in particular that mom had had enough. Go to your bedroom, dad will be home. But it was like four hours I had to wait for dad. Guess what I meditated on for four hours? I'm dead. I've got four hours left to live. You know, I was was eight, eight years old, seven years old. Dad was coming home. That was it. I was going to die. I just knew it. He's going to kill me. You know, I mean, I've got it. Let me, let me put a disclaimer on. Nobody that's ever been spanked on the tush has ever died from it. Okay? But I was sure this was it. He was going to kill me. I was a dead man. And I meditated on that. Have you ever been in a time in your life where something comes up and you are so focused on it, you, are so, you meditate on it, by the end of the day you haven't done anything and you're exhausted by it? It wears you out. And so, my dad, he comes in, I hear the door, and I think, well, that's it. I've got minutes to live. And he comes in, and he looks at me and said, what did you do? And I told him, and he said, knock it off. And he left. I was like, what? A stay of execution? All day long, I meditated on all the negative, rotten things that was going to happen to me, and it amounted to nothing. But we let the enemy do it to us all the time. Never going to amount to anything. Never going to be anything. Listen, patience. This is a hard word for me. I hate it. I wish it was never invented. I wish it was never in the Bible. Sometimes I have to be patient. See, what we meditate on has a big effect on our thoughts and our actions. Let me give you this. If you start meditating on being thankful, guess what will happen? You might become thankful. Whoa! Now, my wife's better at this than I am because I can get ornery and I get, you know, and I, I'm like, I start, you know, 
kicking at the ground and like, she says, well, be thankful for what we've got. Yeah, well, I, yeah, but I don't have this. Why is it that we always look at what we don't have? Always. Well, if I just had this, I'd be happy. If I just had a million dollars. If you can't be thankful and content where you're at, being up here isn't going to help you. It might be worse, right? Could be very much be worse. Because, listen, do you know why we have an entitlement society today? That is exactly why. I'm not thankful for where I'm at, what I've got. I am entitled to more. And I'm not about, I'm, listen, I'm not against more. I want all you have more and more and more and more until you got all, until you have to give it away because you got so much stuff. Quit building barns, just give it away. I mean, my wife isn't here so I can say this. I want to have, have a house, garage, yard sale. I mean, open the doors and say, come on in and make any offer in anything you see. Take it with you. You see it, make an offer, you can have it. I call it spring cleaning. But you know, we might get rid of some treasures. See, we meditate on all the things that are wrong in the world. Here's, what, here's the thing. If you meditate on being thankful, you become thankful. You meditate on all the things you don't have, you will become frustrated, depressed, and anxious. You meditate on all the wrong is in the world, you're going to become fearful. And that is what's happening. These anxiety and panic and stuff that we're dealing with today and depression, you will never convince me that it is not the root cause of it is fear. It's fear. And I get it. Because if we are looking at what's going on in the world, whoo, we cannot meditate on those things. Meditate on the goodness of God. Well, she's not here, but if she was here, she said it. The love of God. She was so blessed because as she did, she heard God saying that, and I'm like, wow, that is where it's at. That is where we are going. That is what we need to be doing. Because if you're waiting for this great big move of God right here, you're going to miss it because it's out there. You want to be a part of it? Make that your pulpit. I'm, well, I'm trying. Well, that's from the missionary. See, what happens is we meditate on these things, then we begin to take actions based on what we are meditating on in our thoughts. And, and listen, I wish I could tell you this wasn't the truth, but you get this thought, you know, you're aggravated with somebody. And then pretty soon you start plotting, I'm just, I just can't, I w- I can't wait Ooh, when I see them. Boy, I've got, I'm going I'm to write down what I've got to tell them. And now listen, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying we don't have issues, we don't have problems, we don't have disagreements, we don't have things, we don't have things that need correction. That is not what I'm saying. But what I am saying, can we, we, if we don't take care of this right here, this is the strong, if we don't take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ, this word, and we tell people this all the time, but here's what happens. We tell people, listen, you're struggling with this. Find some scriptures meditate on, that you can stand on, that you can confess over yourself, that you say, this is the word of God and this is what I'm going to believe. We talk about that, but people don't do it because here's what they do. They call me and say, fix my problem. I'm sorry, I can't fix your 
problem. I can help you. I can come alongside you. I can give you the same scripture verse you need to stand on. I will lead you. I will guide you. I will pray for you. But when you lay your head down on the pillow, you have got to win that battle. Because I'm sorry, I'm not coming to your bedroom with you. Amen. His thoughts need to be our thoughts. When <clears throat> we, we, need to, we need to build each other up. I'm not saying ignore things, but I'm talking about, listen, can I, listen, I, I want to tell you, when I think about this congregation, I pray for this congregation. I am not praying, bless God, bring destruction on her house because I don't like what she wore today. No, I'm praying, God, bless them. If there's some kind of error, Lord, show them. Correct them. Help them. Be with them. Strengthen them. Guide them. That's what I pray. Yeah. Love them. Listen, I don't know how many of you that have children, when your children got bad, you just said, off into the ocean with you. You may feel like that sometimes. But no, you love them. And you try to help them, and, and you may correct them, but you still love them. And so we've got to get this thought thing under control. This is where the battle really is, is these thoughts. And I know how the enemy's working. The enemy works so hard with thoughts and in relationships with thoughts. I'm going to tell you something. If you have the thought that your wife and or husband is just an old ball and chain, and that's what you meditate on, that's what they're going to become to you. I confess that my wife is my queen all the time. Even when I don't feel like it. Even when she doesn't look like it. Even when she doesn't sound like it. Honey, you're getting on my nerves. You're my queen. I love you. I'm committed to you, queen. And it goes vice versa too. You're my king. I don't like you. But again, what's the alternative? Because I'll tell you what, you meditate on it, pretty soon it'll become an action. If it starts coming out of your mouth, you can create it. You can create. I've watched people create dissension in their own mind. They convince themselves of some things. Take these thoughts captive. I'm going to give you some revelation that you may, some of you may not understand or have never heard. I am not perfect. I'm not a perfect man. I'm not a perfect pastor. I'd love to tell you that my doctrine and my theology is perfect, but it's not. Can you love me anyway? Whether you, determine, whether you decide to, to follow our direction or not is completely up to you. But guess what? Here's the thing. And, and I've talked to the Lord about this because sometimes, and I've got to confess, sometimes I get aggravated about this. I do not get to choose who walks through these doors that I have to love. I, I don't want to love that one. Too bad. I don't get that opportunity. But you know what? Really? Neither do you. 
Okay, the second one I'm going to do quick. The second thing we've got to do to walk in victory is we're going to have to really cast our cares upon him, our worries. Do you know I have watched, have you ever seen somebody that is just a chronic warrior? They, they literally age before your eyes. Because it's like the weight of the world is on them. And listen, I understand we all have responsibilities. You've got families to take care of. You've got jobs to take care of. You've got finances to make. There is responsibilities. But when those responsibilities start to weigh you down to where, man, it causes health issues, and it can, then we have to start casting our cares upon him and trusting that he's going to take care of you. Now, here's the problem. He's going to take care of you based on him. Not based on what you think he should do for you. I think I should be a millionaire, God. Where are you, God? I'm not a millionaire yet. Do you know I have watched people almost, I mean almost walk away from Christ because they didn't get what they thought they deserved? You know, you're lucky you don't get what you deserve. Death, grow at death, hell in the grave is what we deserve, but we don't. We get life with him. We've got to get our thoughts right, and then we've got to take these cares of the world and give them to Him. Wouldn't it be a great day to just walk in peace and joy all day and say, you know what, there's this problem, but Lord, I'm, I'm going to have to give it to You. I may have to do some things, but Lord, I'm going to give it to You. I may have to do some actions, but I'm not taking the worry with me. You know, you had to go see the dean. There may have been an anxious moment or two in there, I suppose. Wouldn't it be great to just say, you know what, I'm, I'm giving that all to you, Lord, and I'm just going to go in peace. I, look, what I'm talking about sounds really easy, but it's really hard. <laughs> but this is the fight we've got to fight, folks, because if we don't get our thoughts right, do you know I watched, I remember, of course, this is a whole other story, but I, I'll, I'll close with this casting your cares, because the Bible says be sober and vigilant. That word sober means clear-headed. We have to be clear-headed today. And I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about, clear-headed? I'm talking about, have you ever, I grew up um, out of town, a couple miles out of town. I had, most of my friends were in town, so I would hang out and it would get dark, and then, you know, we didn't have a car or anything, so, you know, I'd call mom, can somebody come and get me a dark outside? You know, you're going to have to walk. <sighs> okay, I was real brave when there's 20 people around and it was daylight. Two miles in the dark, there's a bears and all this kind of stuff. Have you ever walked somewhere at night? And I mean, you are so keenly aware of everything. I mean, your senses are just a tingle, and you're walking. What was that? I heard it. You know, oh, that was a twig. And all of a sudden, you hear rustling. I'm running. Ah, it's a bear. It's a coyote. It's a wolf. No, it's a red squirrel. <laughs> but listen. You've got to be sober-minded. You've got to be clear-minded. Because, listen, I was on a run one time up in Brimley. I was down Irish Line or something, and I was just running. And sometimes when I run, I just, I just zone out, and I'm just running. I almost literally ran into a bear. I mean, I stopped from me to those chairs away. I'm running, and all of a sudden, there it is. It's looking at me. I'm looking at it, and I'm going. It's going. It kind of truck walked off into the woods this way. I made an about face and ran a little bit quicker pace home. <laughs> but see, I wasn't paying attention. I wasn't clear-minded. And that's what the enemy is counting on, you not being clear-minded and being vigilant and aware so he can get these thoughts in you and you can act on them because he wants you dead.
doesn't want you blessed. He wants you destroyed. Kill, steal, and destroy. That's what he's here for. But Christ came to give us life and life more abundant. Then let's walk in that. Be clear-headed. Be vigilant. And I'm going to talk about influence. You know, be on guard. Resist the enemy. Um, I'm going to close with this. I was, I was in college and, and talking about your mindset. And, and we had this. I was, I was a geology major for a while until I realized, you know, you're going to be out in the middle of nowhere studying rocks with nobody around, and I, that was not appealing to me. <laughs> you know, my closest neighbor is a bear. Scout by himself is not a good thing. So I walked into class, and you got to understand, there's a girl in the class. There's a lot of geologists, man. They're into New Age stuff. They're into the crystals, and, you know, and she was a power crystal girl. You know, I wasn't saved at the time. So I didn't care what you had around your neck. I didn't care less. You know, she was counting on her crystals to get her through. I was counting on the person next to me. <laughs> so I walk in, and, and just about, you know, again, the, the, the pressures in the mind and stuff like that, I said, I, I walked in and made this statement. I says, I am so going to bomb this test because I haven't studied. This girl went nuts. Woo! Screamed, jumped out, ran out of class. And, and the professor went out the door after her, and you're here in the hallway, and he's saying, well, what's the matter? I can't take the test in that room with him. He's sending me bad vibes. <laughs> warfare. Mental warfare. I, I was her problem. <laughs> but listen, the enemy comes. We've got to take these thoughts captive. See, my thoughts, my, and, and again, here's the problem. I wasn't great in geology, especially geophysics, because they've got, anyway, geo, if you've been in geology class, you know, but geophysics is, anyway, and so my mind, I, 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 my confession was, I can't do this. I'm no good at this. I can't do this. I'm no good at this. But see, we've got to get a hold of these thoughts. We've got to get a hold of the thoughts that we have about one another. Well, I know something about them, and it might be true. Okay, I get it. I get it. I understand. So, ask yourself, when you start talking about it, is it going to help you? Is it going to help them? Is it going to help the situation? Is it going to do? Or maybe you just need to pray. Now, sometimes you, maybe you need to say something. I get that. I understand. But a lot of times, a prayer would be a whole lot more effective than you going in and blasting away based on what you think. Because you know there's a lot of times that people go in blasting away about what they think they perceive that isn't even close to the truth. They don't even know what's going on. And so, what do we got to do? We have got to take every thought captive. We've got to cast these cares, these cares of the world. And listen, it's easy to say, and I get it, because every one of us has got to get up and do something tomorrow morning. You've got to go work. You've got to do this. You've got to go to class. You gotta, there's, there's pressures of this life. But do not allow the enemy to get your thoughts to where you're focused on all the negative things all the time. If you watch the news and that's what you focus on, you're going to be one miserable individual because nothing looks good. But I've got to tell you, the Lord Jesus Christ is not shocked. He's not surprised. He's not concerned. He's not worried. He's got it under 
control. We need to just walk in that. Amen? Let me pray for you today. Father, I thank you so much for this opportunity. And Lord, I, I pray that what I brought forth today was clear and people understood. Lord, help us to fight this battle that the enemy tries to bring thoughts. Lord, we do need to love one another. And we need to get a hold of these thoughts, Lord. And Lord, we know that that your love encompasses all of us. Lord, help us to learn to love one another, even in our faults, even when we have disagreements. Let us love one another anyway. Let us take these thoughts captive. Help us to cast our cares upon you because, Lord, we know that you care for us. Let us win that battle right there. And, Lord, let us watch you do mighty, mighty things. And we just give you praise and glory and honor. In Jesus' name, amen.